You're listening to Passion Pod 16 with Alex Marks. Riley Cokin, actor and filmmaker. How did this passion pod of yours kick off? Well, I, I always was interested in acting at school. And then I joined the National Youth Theatre, which was a really great experience in terms of meeting other people. My plan was to go to drama school after university. And actually, I had a few places at drama schools. But having just done a four-year degree, the idea of doing another few years in an institution of that sort, I just couldn't really face it. So that's when I moved to New York and I did some training there and, you know, worked in a restaurant and fulfilled the cliche, which I'm back to doing now, actually. And actually, I think it's quite a good job to do as an actor because there is a sort of slightly performative element in it, but also because it's very active. The restaurant I work in is incredibly busy, so it's a lot of running around and just kind of taking what's thrown at you. So you have to be quick on your reactions to things and respond, which is what good acting is about. And I think as an artist, you need to be going out into the world and experiencing the world and meeting people. Because for a long time, I felt that I was an actor and I you know, was just waiting around for the gig to come. But I've realised, actually, that I'm much better off being really, really busy with doing stuff that isn't necessarily acting-related, but it just keeps you energised and keeps you positive and keeps your bank balance full, which means that you don't sit around feeling depressed about the fact that you have no money and no work. Do you remember if there was a turning point for that? Yeah, I guess it was about the end of last summer. Why was it, do you think? I broke up with my girlfriend. It just felt like a big change for me because we'd been together for quite a while. And I just decided to throw myself into into being busy. So that's when I started making my first film, which I'd been sort of tinkering around with the script for a while. But that was the real impetus to actually get it done. I mean, I redrafted it probably 20 times. And it was because I was still playing around with what the film was actually going to be about. I had a general situation because it was my first film. I didn't want anything complicated. And I wanted it to be one location. I wanted it to be few characters as possible and still try and tell a compelling and moving story but yeah I didn't know what the story was exactly so I was kind of changing things around until really quite late on the main thing I was doing actually towards the end was sending drafts out to friends getting their feedback most of which was you know very encouraging and positive which was lovely and very important because you know you've been sitting by yourself in a little room for a while tapping away at a keyboard and you kind of think well is this crap you know, you don't really know. Am I going mental? Yeah. And so, yeah, then a few people got back to me with just really amazing ideas. But there are a couple that really just rung true. And I was like, ah, that's what this needs. That's the direction this needs to go in. But that's quite interesting in something that's very much your project, that open-mindedness to other people or not. Did you think that was very important then? Very much so. I think filmmaking is, and this is what I love about it so much, you know, When it comes to actual production and you're shooting the thing, everyone's there, all hands are on deck, and you all have to be at the top of your game and working together. Because as soon as you've got one person who is not part of the team, then you're in serious trouble. And that's an experience I've had lots of times working on short films, where there's just one person who isn't clicking. So, yes, I have written this script, but it's got 20 other people's, you know, fiddlings in it. And that's how it develops into then shooting it. Yeah, yeah, and the the shooting of it was, I mean, amazing, because I've just, I've never done it before, um, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, Exciting and terrifying, though. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I couldn't sleep for about a week beforehand. We lost our camera the day before we were shooting. So we were shooting on the Ari Alexa, which is 
basically the best digital camera in the world at the moment. And we had one reserved for us, and we were getting it for an absurdly low price for the weekend because nobody was using it that weekend. Except that the day before, the BBC drama production that had one of their other Alexas broke it. So they rang up the rental company and they were like, we need another Alexa. And they were like, okay, well, you're paying us a lot of money. Here's this Alexa. So we got a phone call literally the day before being like, uh-uh, no camera. I was just like, oh my Kill God. me now. Um, so How that, did you get over it? We talked about shooting on DSLR cameras and I could see my director of photography just crumbling inside and so we basically rang up another rental company and ended up paying about seven times as much as we were going to pay in the first place and completely blowing the budget out of the water but we just thought let's do it as we intended to do it so the advice in that is that you can be really organized and that's massively important but actually being flexible have to be flexible yeah you have to be because there are so many things that are outside of your control in fact i think control is an illusion most of the time you've just got to be that reed that bends in the wind rather than the oak tree that falls down because things will come up it's great though because having never made a film before you did it it's encouragingly doable isn't it it is very doable and what it comes down to is surrounding yourself with people who are great at what they do it's just as simple as that and that goes back to what i was saying before about you know you need to make sure that everyone is on their a-game there's this big thing that I think particularly uh, emerging filmmakers talk about is, oh, we'll fix it in post, which means basically we can cock everything up now and hopefully it'll be all right on the night. And the reality is that it won't. You know, you need to get it as good as it can be at every single stage of the process, which is why I redrafted it 20 times, because I didn't want to send my script out to actors and say, do you want to get involved in this if I didn't feel like they would connect with it or think it was worth doing. And I think it's testament to the fact that I redrafted it and that I had input from people who I trusted that I ended up with a a good script. And as a result, I was able to get fantastic actors to work for free on a project of, you know, very small scale. What do you reckon your biggest challenge with it all has been? Money. Getting money is really hard. And if you don't have a big pile of cash at your disposal, which I don't, then it's difficult. It's really uphill all the time. And I'm now starting to build up a network of people who might in the future help to finance films. They're not going to do it yet until I've proven that I can continue to do it by myself, I guess. And I think that's a really interesting thing, that there's no way that I would have got this feature film that I'm doing if I hadn't made my film. Wowza, so what's the deal with that? Well, I was getting my DVD drive fixed on my ancient laptop and the genius at the bar. He said to me, why are you getting your DVD drive fixed? And I was like, well, I'm a filmmaker and I I need my DVD drive so that I can burn DVDs and send them out to festivals and stuff. But the guy next to me said, oh, you're a filmmaker? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, so am I. And he asked me what I was working on and I told him I'd just finished my, my first short and I was writing my second short. And he said, oh, well, I'm working on a feature film. And he said, tell me, do you have any acting experience? And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of my background. And he said, oh, well, I think you'd be really good for a part in this film. I was like, sure, sure. But he gave me his card and I emailed him a link to my film. And he said he'd get in contact when they were doing auditions. Then he did. I went to an audition and they called me on Monday and told me I'd got the part. And that's a feature film? That's a feature film. Boom. (laughs) And that's how you do it. The reason that I think I've got this this project is because I made my own work. You know, I sent him this link. Ultimately, everyone in any industry has started out at the bottom of the pile. So I think that 
people are generally pretty keen to help people who are starting out, but not help people who are starting out who are sitting on their ass. People who are actively engaged and are actually trying to do things, even if they're not doing them that well, because inevitably you're not going to do things that well when you start out, because you don't really know what you're doing. But you're trying. I think that's really important that people, actors particularly, don't wait for stuff to happen. They have to go out and make stuff happen. And whether that's putting on a play with a friend in a pub or whether that's putting together a short film or, you know, these are not necessarily things that are going to lead directly to work. But again, you meet people, you invite people, they know your name. The next time you contact them, they go, oh, I vaguely remember this person. And, you know, eight times after they think, do you know what? This guy's a bit of a pain in the ass. Why don't we get him in? It's persistence, you know, you just have to keep knocking on the door. If you were to give yourself advice back in the day, would that have been your advice to yourself? I would have told myself to go to drama school, because in this country particularly, I think there is a culture of, oh, where did you train? I mean, don't get me wrong, at university I had the most amazing time, and I got to do 20-odd plays and got a huge amount of experience out of that. But in terms of pushing forward in... My career, I think if I had gone to drama school then, then I'd be in a different place to where I am now. But on the other hand, you know, horses for courses. It's mostly a courage thing, actually. It's putting yourself on the line and and that is what experience has taught me, that if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not raw and really going through things, people can smell it a mile off. Nobody feels it because there has to be a, a connection between a performer and the audience. I just think if, if you're not if you're not living on the edge, man, then, you know, you're not challenging yourself, you're not growing, you're not evolving as a person. Because ultimately passion. it's about taking risks. And you've got to push. You've got to push yourself. Because, you know, after the age of about 12, nobody else is going to do it for you. What would you say inspires you? I think everything can be inspiring. It's about the way that you look at it, I suppose. For my first film, I was massively inspired by this filmmaker, Joanna Hogg. She's made two features now. She's made um, one called Unrelated and one called Archipelago. Gritty in the sense that they're extraordinarily real character studies, essentially, based around families. And I just think that they are incredibly brave pieces of work, and it goes back to that courage thing, because I think it, you know, it's, it's personal stuff to, to the filmmaker. So what are you up to at the moment? You're editing your second film, aren't you? Yeah. My first film, Happy Accident, was quite heavy and sort of intense. So for my second film, I wanted to challenge myself and do something completely different. So I decided to make a sort of sweet, light romance story. I wrote it and shot it within three months. Like I, I, that? Really, really insanely quick, actually. <laughs> and everyone told me that I was insane. But uh, I just agreed with them and did it anyway. I mean, the, the shoot this time around was a lot more ambitious. We had like 10 different locations. It was a week-long shoot. And on top of that, I decided that I was going to produce this film by myself because I didn't have time to get anyone else involved. And anyone else would have told me that the schedule was totally insane and they didn't want to do it. So on this one, until the last week, really had no help organising... Would you do that again? I find it incredibly interesting and I've learned a huge amount doing it. And I, I really think that it's important to understand how different departments do work. But ultimately it's not... It just stresses me out. 
basically. So if you're doing that and directing, and are you, are you acting as well? Yeah. You know, that's no. quite a lot to ask of yourself. Absolutely. For your second ever film. I know. I stress myself out massively, basically. <laughs> so what's the timing for that? Is that due out? Well, having edited together all of this footage, I decided that I don't want to make a light, fluffy, idealised romance story because it just smells of bullshit, basically. Like you were saying earlier. Yeah. The vision of it is exactly what I set out to do. But now that I've done it, I feel that it's somehow dishonest to my experience of how these things work because it's too light. There's not enough darkness in it. And to show one side without the other side feels dishonest to me. So what I've decided to do and what I'm in the process of doing now is writing a framing device for the film that we've got. So actually the main character, Louis, is going to see a therapist because this relationship has just broken down. What I really like, though, is you aren't afraid of accepting it wasn't quite how you wanted it to be and you're happy to challenge yourself to make it what you wanted it to be. Well, this is the amazing thing, and you asked about what inspires me. And it's increasingly reading about other people's experiences. I love Woody Allen. And I read recently that he said, you know, filmmaking essentially is is a compromise. I'm paraphrasing, but you spend hours slaving over your typewriter and trying to sort it all out. And then it actually comes to it and you don't get Marlon Brando to play your lead. You get someone lesser. You know, you can't choose the room. The room that you shoot in isn't the room that you imagined in your mind. And it's compromise, compromise, compromise. And then you've got the thing and it's not what you intended at all. And you try and save it with re-editing and reshooting. But essentially it's a ball ache. <laughs> this is Woody Allen, one of the greatest filmmakers in the history of filmmaking, saying ultimately bloody hard and he ends this answer in this interview saying you know essentially it's just a struggle to stay alive and it's just like yes Woody thank you that's what it, that's what it's all about but you know he's incredibly modest and humble and there's a bit in one of Shakespeare's sonnets where he says with what I most enjoy contented least talking about writing and how he desires this man's art and that man's scope and it's just like dude you're Shakespeare like you're quite good at this chill out you know? That's brilliant. Grinding a bit of Woody Allen, a bit of shaky, <laughs> rip him out. No, that one's that one's an amazing sonnet. So you've got an exciting, quite a busy time at the moment then finishing off this project. When when do you think we'll get to see it? I want to get it done by July, which is again putting quite a lot of pressure Why on July? Because I'm shooting this feature in August. So it'd be good to get it done before then. But again it doesn't need to be and I because I rushed the pre-production so much for the first part of the film trying to kind of mellow the hell out but I think it's very hard when you're self-employed yeah um, because you set yourself boundaries well I also know that I work 40 hours a week in a restaurant so you know my time is limited and it means that I do miss out on socializing sometimes but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make and I've had a good few years of partying and being a bit of a wild animal in in my youth and you want to make it work and you know time is marching on and I think to go back to Shakespeare in Jacquez's speech about all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players he talks about different stages of man first you've got the infant and then the the schoolboy and then the lover and then the soldier and I think I'm making the transition between lover which didn't work out very well for me in the end to soldier which is, uh, what does he say? He says, um, chasing the devil ambition even into the cannon's mouth. So it's just like, get out there, face the firing squad, and tear them a new one. You've been listening to Passion Pod 16 with Alex Marks.